You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm your host, John Coffey, and we're in the middle of our At The Movies podcast series we're doing this summer. We've already heard some awesome discussions, so if you're a fan of Harry Potter, The Avengers, Karate Kid, or the movie Soul that Disney released earlier this year, I would encourage you to go give those a listen. Uh, The intention of this series is that we're talking about watching movies and interacting with pop culture from a Christian worldview, and really how we can enjoy and engage with this art form of storytelling with wisdom and discernment and in a way that honors God. We're not here to tell you, hey, you shouldn't, you should or shouldn't like this or watch this, but really just we want to simply appreciate the movies and the shows that we've enjoyed and we want to affirm the truths we see in them and hopefully we're going to have some fun along the way. So I'm excited today to be joined by Eric It's a Trap Harding, uh, our 528 (laughs) campus worship leader and Jedi Master Yancey Arrington, teaching pastor and elder at Clear Creek Community Church. Come on. Welcome in, guys. Hey. Good to be here, man. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking about Star Wars today. Um, the name Star Wars today encompasses an entire franchise. Like, it's an empire, if you will. Yep. I got it all going Let's today. Let's go. Wow. Uh, over 10 movies, a plethora of merchandise, TV shows, books, video games, but it all started with three movies. You got A New Hope, released in 1977. Empire Strikes Back in 1980, and then The Return of the Jedi in 1983. We're going to hit all of it, all of Star Wars, but we're mainly focusing on these original three movies today. And with that, we're going to dive into some categories. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. So, first one we're going to hit, it's called Where Were You? And this is where we talk about how it all started for you. So, where were you when you first interacted with Star Wars? How'd you get into it? Why do you love it? Um, maybe just give us a little bit of why do you love it right now? Yeah. <laughs> and who's maybe who's your favorite character? You can go first. Sure, man. We'll start chronologically, since I'm, yeah, I guess. since I'm the oldest here. Chronologically. <laughs> yeah, man. So 1977 is when the original came out, and no one called it a new hope. No one called it that. It was mm-hmm. just Star Wars. Yeah. And so I would say Star Wars came out when I was six years old. I was born in 71. So uh, April of 71, Star Wars is. Uh, the original came out in May of 77, and uh, it was one of the original blockbusters. I think, I'm not too sure if it was Jaws or something around that. Jaws was a little earlier. Maybe that was the first blockbuster when they called it that. But it was it was in that kind of cadre of, you know, mid to late 70s movies that people just, I mean, I remember even being six, and the the TV news networks were all about these lines going on for, I mean, not just down the side of a block, we're talking around the block and then mm-hmm. another block. And, uh, I, I was, uh, I was transfixed. Uh, I was, uh, it was one of those moments for me as a six year old, it captured my imaginary world. Mm-hmm. And because it did that, that's what, that's what made me fall in love with it. So favorite character, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Mike Trout. I was like, we're not doing this sports. Yes, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so for me, so I'm born, I was born September 76. So again, so Star Wars, first one comes out May of 77. So my earliest memory of life is seeing the, be- uh, I have two episodic memories of seeing 
Darth Vader's face when they first, you know, when they get onto Leia's ship at the beginning of New Hope. And I, I remember his face and I remember Princess Leia uh, crouching over to put the start, the Death Star plans into R2-D2. Yep. Like those are two episodic memories that mm-hmm. I have. Now, and that was seeing that through the windshield of my parents' car from the back seat or wherever my baby we didn't. We have baby seats back then. You just right. rode somewhere right. in the car, probably in the front. Yeah, I probably, probably drove at one. <laughs> I was driving the car, um, yeah. but I remember seeing through the windshield and like that view, and it literally is my earliest memory of life. It was not May of seventy seven. I don't right. think that it that obviously yeah. that's not cognitively possible <laughs> that a person remembers something before their first birthday. But you do remember that. I remember that. That's crazy. It, I think it's because it's been reinforced by yeah. that image again yeah, later yeah, yeah, in life. Sure. Hey, but I remember awesome. it and I, I, it's my earliest memory of life and, and it, you know, it, it's just a piece of that thing. So I, I think I was kind of mentioning this to you yesterday. So there's no VCRs. Mm. There's no way to rewatch it. So I think I can't, I don't know this for a, an absolute fact, but I'm pretty sure that because I know for a fact that I saw uh, Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi in the theater in person. So I th- it's very possible that in, in totality, I saw episode five and six before I actually got to really watch all of four. Hmm. Unless we saw it on, you know, sometimes the TV network yeah. would get a chance at it or something mm-hmm. like that. And, yeah. you know, you'd, but that way, and we didn't have a VCR for quite some time. Yeah. Quite some time. So, yeah. yeah. And fa- favorite uh, character, Han Solo, hands down. Oh, yeah. yeah Definitely. Yeah. Love Han. <laughs> um, so, speaking of the VCR, I got into it a little bit later, born in 1990, 90s yeah. baby. Um, but I remember renting uh, all three of the originals from the library, mm. bringing those bad boys home, watching them in my parents' basement, you know, on the VCR. And I, I probably rented those. I mean, I can't even tell you. I, I watched them so many times as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it was probably the first movie I really watched, the first movies I really watched that weren't like Disney animated movies, that yeah. kind of a thing. And yeah. so I think um, I, I watched them and I didn't even really know like what order they were supposed to go in or anything <laughs> like that. I just popped, I was like, oh, this one has some snow at the beginning. That's cool, you know, huh. um, and just watched them. And then it was like, I started to kind of realize like, oh, there's an order, there's a sequence of these events. And I think, it, I mean, it was probably one of the first times I understood like, Oh, there's a like the story kind of goes a certain way. There's a flow to the story, you know, sort of a deal. And so, uh, as I continued to watch them, I understood finally what was happening in Star yeah. Wars, and it was it was cool. I, I mean, yeah. I loved it. It's kind of same thing you said, just completely captured my imagination. I, I loved it from the very beginning. So. Yeah, probably because Eric and I are on the older side, at least in this room. I, every one of my experiences with the original trilogy are all in the theater. So, yeah. you know, I tell people that <clears throat> my parents. Would, I don't know if it was Empire, because that was a few years later. I mean, that's three years later, so I'm nine. That's probably Empire. It's either the second or third. I mean, my parents would drop me off. We lived in Kansas City at the time, and my parents would – I had uh, a younger brother at the time. I don't think Callie was born yet, or if he was, he was just a newborn. Uh, but my middle brother, Jody, and I were only 10 and a half months apart, as they, as they say, Irish twins, right? So – my parents would give would would let Jody stay with me, so I'm nine. He's eight. If it's you know, if if it's if it's the last one, it's Return of the Jedi. It's eighty three. So that means I'm I'm now like ten or something, but or twelve. But 
I just remember like my parents dropping me off. I promise I'll finish the story. <laughs> dropping me off at the theater and just leaving me there. Cause oh, I remember man. telling them like, you don't have to come to this. I mean, I'm not even in probably barely double digits at all, if not single still. And I'm like, mom, dad, y'all can just stay here. Y'all can leave me with Jody. We're not going anywhere. And they would drop me off. I kid you not. And we would watch, we would watch the movie and then we would just wait. They'd clean out the people would come yeah. clean out the theater and we would just sit in the back and they're like, Y'all y'all are y'all okay? Do we need to call your parents? Like, no. We're just waiting for the next showing. And we would sit there and I would watch it three shows through. And they would oh, pick man. me up like That's in great. the evening. I mean, things you can't get away with today, (laughs) like CPS would have been called. My parents are old enough now. They don't care. But I just remember getting dropped off and and I didn't, and I wanted to, I told him like, I don't know how I negotiated that thing as a little kid, but my brother and I, we just sat next to each other and just watched it over and over and over again. Cause we thought, man, here's our two fifty to go watch this show. And we just kept watching it. Cause you couldn't, that's the only time you could see it is in the theater. So Mm. that's, uh, that's how I didn't didn't have VHS tapes till later. That's mid to late eighties. Yep. And video discs and then yeah. DVD, all that kind of jazz. So mm-hmm. no man. You had to go to the th- you know, Eric and I, you had to go to the theater, bro. Really yeah, ex- putting the work experience in. it on the big hey, screen. The way the way God intended. The way God <laughs> yeah. and George Lucas intended. Oh, I'm man. telling you. Uh, all right. So the next category is called Wacky Wild and Weird. And I think, you know, in every story, there's always these things that are just, just a little bit off, just a little bit weird. Um, maybe it rubbed you the wrong way or it's something you think like, why is this in here? Or, you know, you're going to tell your friend like, hey, you should watch this, but maybe just skip this. Don't worry about that part. You know, that kind of thing. So what was that for you guys in Star Wars, if there's anything? Well, well, and with the with the original three, like that's I was so young that I hadn't developed any sort of a critical eye for anything. So it was all just magic to me, you know. And so that was definitely all, you know, I just took it totally at face value, you know. And then in later years, you look back and go, well, some of the special effects, that's like obviously something hanging on a string. I'm like, whatever. Like that, this thing, that's real, man. That's like space, you know. And so I didn't have, it really wasn't until, um, so I was living in Nashville, actually doing an internship. Whenever they re-released four through uh, six again, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember that. So, you know, the the I was amongst the people um, that were then really like not pumped about when they added things and fixed uh, some of the yeah, special yeah, effects. Yeah. Like when the Death Star exploded and became Saturn at the same time with a <laughs> massive extra ring, I was like, what? Yeah. Just blow it up, man. Right. Like, we don't need a nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. Like, they got a little bit too fancy on on some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, one of the things you had mentioned there was, like, Leah kissing Luke. Have you ever seen the um, someone spliced together on YouTube whenever, like, you know, in, 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 uh, in episode six when he's just like, He's like, I have it. My father has it. And my sister has it. <laughs> it's like talk about the force. And then like she's like aware. Like she's like, oh my gosh, we're brother and sister. And like they cut together the scene that goes right back to them kissing in episode oh, four. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's so I had some questions so cool. about that scene as a kid. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. I was I'm pretty sure they're at that age already. I was like, this yeah. is cool, man. This guy's so awesome. <laughs> I, I, for me, I didn't have First of all, it's all weird. That's yeah. that's the beauty of it. 
I mean, mm. there's dudes that are dressed like in dog suits named, named Wookiees. And then there's mm. just smaller versions of those guys named Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And they have this crazy set of the most amazing looking robots, but they don't call them robots. They call them droids. Yeah. And these fantastical planets where some have two suns and they're, it's Tatooine. It's the <laughs> desert planet. Uh, other planets, you know, if you get further in the mythology, it's the water planet, Camino. If you've got... Uh, the Dagobah system, which is the swamp. It's just, it's all amazing. So when you're like, is there anything in it that's kind of weird? I, you might have to define weird because to me, it's all weird. That's the fun part. That's what, you, when when Eric says it was all magic, that's what made it. It's all yeah. magic. Mm-hmm. It's magic. And when you're watching it as a kid, it's magical. So I don't want him to fix anything. So I was also one of the people yeah. that went back and watched these movies in the theater again when when Lucas was like, ah, we got a little more technology. Let's make these explosions a little different. Let's make, you know, the, the thing that he, you know, I, w- I would say like the thing he ruined in that is that he, he made Greedo shoot Han first when we all know oh. in the original, yeah. Han's the Han's aggressor, right? Yeah, so that was, that was so infuriating. Which was, which was just, it was almost like the PC uh, take on, on Star Wars that Lucas just kind of yielded to, which if mm-hmm. you're an original fan, and uh, I know I am, Eric is, jury's still out with you. Uh, I... <laughs> You just can't, that's kind of canon. You don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. It's the scripture, if you will, of Star Wars, the Star Wars mythology. And so mm-hmm. the fact that, which I appreciated at least in the movie Solo, which I never saw in the theater because everyone just kind of tanked on it. And then I watched it by myself and thought, that's actually a really good yeah, movie. I, I like Solo. They have Han, if you haven't seen it too bad, Han <laughs> ends the movie by shooting the guy first, which is again, an homage to yeah. the original. It's like, yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. There we go. So those are the kind of things. It's only when you try to fix stuff that's mm-hmm. part of the beauty is like when in the original, right? So a new hope, right? I even hate calling it a new hope, but in the original, <laughs> they have this fight scene between Darth, this iconic fight scene between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And yet the tech guys, the, the special effects guys forgot to color Obi-Wan's uh, lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And so there's just scenes in it where he's just holding the prop. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of scenes where they don't even have the lightsaber and it's, but you're a kid, you don't even care. It's all right. magic. So you yeah. don't, you can fix it. That's fine. You roll with but it. there was, so when people are like, you know, what did you, what did you not like about it? I'm like, nothing. That's what was so amazing. It was perfect from start to finish mm. yeah. for, you know, you, you know, all the kind of cinematic sins of a director yeah. get covered because of the magic that it is. And so mm. that, that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. The whole Leah, uh, you know, Leia depends on how you, know, you got the hand group, the Han group. <laughs> uh, is it Leah or Leia? I always pronounce it Han. I always pronounce it Leia. It didn't yeah. matter to me, yeah. but when Leia kisses Luke, it's progressive revelation. She doesn't know it's her. There we go. You right. know, it's that's like, true. that's how that works. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing weird about it because they don't know enough at the time. And mm-hmm. then probably afterwards when they're having coffee later on, he's like, sis, uh, wow, that was probably a bad moment for us, but what did we know, right? <laughs> what did we know? And then it got all ruined when we knew that our dad was just a crazy, murderous uh, Darth Vader. I yeah. bet that threw you off too. Mm-hmm. So. That's all the magic, though. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, I almost had that same situation at a couple skate at Whoa. a couple wow. skate with a cousin wow. at a at a, is... and then I met her at a family reunion the next weekend. Oh man! So, wow. You know what? I felt really connected wow. to that being okay. Great tie-in, by the yeah. way. Great tie-in. Oh, right terrifying there. what it was. Yeah, I'm terrifying. embarrassed for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think anytime we talk about a movie like this, we kind of had a similar conversation uh, with Harry Potter. 
Um, you know, you have this magical element in Harry Potter. You have this force element in Star Wars that I think it just can feel a little, um, I don't know what to say, misleading maybe for some people where they get that. Is that an analogy for God? Is that an analogy for the spirit? You know, what, what would your, what's your take on that? Well, first of all, let me just address, I know you, you, as you noted, you did magic in fiction. What I would say and my take is, and, and listen, if you have a tender conscience about any kind of magic or any, any kind of otherworldly powers that just bothers you, then by all means, I don't don't entertain literature and art and fiction that does those things. So, I, and I would never yeah. burden someone's conscience for that. But that that being said, it's fiction for a reason. I mean, you're creating worlds. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, personally, I don't know, and I'm not wasn't a part of the Harry Potter podcast. But you know, people, some some Christians love to just take it out on Harry Potter and somehow. Gandalf, who's just essentially a male witch, is their hero because they like Tolkien, or they'll they'll invoke the Chronicles of Narnia just mm-hmm. because C.S. Lewis wrote it. But there's just as much magic in that. So right. the f- magic's part of it. Fair fairy tales. Um, so all Lucas does, he just creates an imaginary world where you have this thing called the Force, and so it would actually ruin it for me if somehow he tried to. Christianize it by saying, you know what, the, no, that's really Jesus and force isn't real. It's I mean, like, we get it. It's anytime I walk into a theater and I'm dealing with science fiction or fantasy, and this is really a little bit of both. It's mm-hmm. just, a, it's just a space soap opera is all yeah. this is. You have to suspend your belief. I mean, that's the, that's the unwritten contract that we have with between director and audience. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to be enthralled with the world about it. I, I remember when <clears throat> in the 70s and 80s, some Christians were up in arms because it's like, well, it's got this Buddhist vibe in it and all these other, and, and, and there may be some, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there aren't some parallels in it. Jedi, they, right. they, they are kind of like somewhat Buddhist monkish in the mm-hmm. sense that, I don't know, Buddhist monkish is even a term, but that's, that's you know, they meditate. They, they're supposed to be kind of unemotional, detached, right? So, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking to Star Wars to, you know, to teach me the truths of the Bible because right. that wasn't its purpose. Right. Its purpose was to tell me this fantastical story that has really great themes in it oh, yeah. that 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 do parallel what the scripture says about, you know, what what does the hero look like? What does redemption look like? Mm-hmm. What is good and evil? I mean, mm-hmm. those are things that that we all can stack hands on. So it's not that they get a pass. That's that's just expected for me when I encounter any kind of fiction, especially science fiction slash fantasy. Is that I've I've signed in to just suspend belief that this isn't going to be like the world I live in. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have watched Star Wars if it was. Yeah. It wouldn't have captured my imagination because mm-hmm. it deals in the fantastical. So that's my that's my long answer to that question. That's great. Well, I love how people are. You know. Uh, I, I love the fact that no one's really been able to create a lightsaber. Yeah. Even in our modern world. They have, I mean, Great people example. have Great given example. it a lot of Burn work. down their house oh, yeah. when they try. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you can't do it. I mean, my brother and I took a lot of shots at it. Oh, Not yeah. even close to like, you know, I don't know if you watch some like, like Hacksmith, yeah. some of the, these guys that created like Iron Man suit and I've uh, mm-hmm. done some really awesome stuff. And they've made a, a saber of light, but it's not, it's not what we got right. going on. Right. But, one thing I actually didn't like was we get to the prequels and they introduced the idea of the metachlorians. Mm. 
Oh, and yeah, so it's yeah. like people have X amount, like this metachlorian count. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost like you are predestined to be able to interact with the force on some level in a more in a greater way than other people do. And to me, that honestly kind of killed a little bit of the just the mystery of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I didn't I didn't love that. Although it did help kind of frame a story in a different way. And, right. And all that kind of stuff. But to me, I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to show degree of power, right? But it just yeah. it didn't. I don't know. Yeah, it was confusing. I, I mean, I, I agree. But here, here's where I, again, w- one more reason why. So I, I, I give a lot of stick to, to Star Trek fans. And, and, and the <laughs> truth be told, I, I think Star Trek's fine. And, and it's... It's got its own place. That's in what the, you're going to give me. It's got, it's, Star Trek's fine. It's fine. It's got its own place in the canon of sci-fi. I mean, Gene yeah. Roddenberry, all this. But let me tell you the difference, right? <clears throat> Star Trek is about the evolutionary process of man. If you notice in their world, they don't have currency. They don't have, I mean, it's, they've kind of fixed everything. Almost Earth is almost like a utopia. So they have to go outside and everything's about science. Everything yeah. is about science. There's mm-hmm. no magic in it, really. It's all about science. And I'm not a hater. I'm talking, man, I, I used to watch from, I think it was the 70s on mm-hmm. with uh, William Shatner. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Leonard Nimoy, the whole nine. Loved it, right? Uh, even, I don't remember what those little furry guys were called, the Flurbies or whatever. They're, they're called something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Them, so I don't know. But nevertheless, they, they were creative. But it still was, there was, there was no, um, it, it was all very straightforward. Then Star Wars comes in, and there's an esoteric part about it. There's this thing called the Force, and and instead of me just thinking, of course I wouldn't have thought this as a six year old. Wow, they're they're tapping into Taoism or Buddhism, mm-hmm. or you know he's trying to make a religious statement. What I just thought is there's something then more than just meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Here 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 he's created a world that says there's something there there's a spiritual element to things right. that actually made it more realistic ironically. Um, And that that was more the world that I wanted to inhabit, a world of magic, a world that there was more than meets the eye, a world where where things weren't always what they seemed. Mm -hmm. And Star Trek, and again, I I like Star Trek, it just was not the same. And that's why I would argue it doesn't hold the same power over people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't have the same staying power. Star Wars has had some horrible movies and the lines are still long. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't have that same kind of, and I know there's Trekkie fans. I don't, I get the conventions. Yeah. Nothing holds its power like Star Wars has done. And I think some of that is because there's a spiritual element to it, at least in the, in the, in the storyline. Yeah. Now, again, we're not saying it's Christianity, but mm-hmm. Lucas at least has enough depth in his mythology that there's some mystery out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, was kind of weird that he did the midichlorians because he, he yeah. almost tried to science he made it science yeah. about it. Right, but right. but he does what talk about favorite? destiny. He does talk about things beyond yeah. the character's oh, yeah. arc. Mm-hmm. And those are things that even Christians can go, yeah, man, I can I resonate with that because that there's there's a truth about that in the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Last question in the category. Oh, oh man, of, I'm so sorry. I thought we were just gonna have to No, I mean I mean it's fine. But I I think this is great. It's it's a little controversial, but I think it's a good question. Mm. Is Rogue One the best Star Wars movie? Quick story about Rogue One while you're thinking about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I already have an answer, but I've, already, I've talked well, enough. Well, so, I mean, I was, so my kids were old enough when we're watching Rogue One. So we go see that in the theater. And Ryler, who's now 17, I don't know, he was a younger teen, I guess, at that point. That came out how many years ago. It came out exactly. Um, like, everyone dies at the end. He was, like, crying. He's like, 
what the heck? And I'm like, what do you mean, what the heck? We knew they were going to die in 1977. <laughs> we knew that we knew the end of this movie, yep. you know, 30 something years ago. He's like, what are you talking about? So I had to go take him back. I'm like, dude, this says, you know, this, they, they paid the ultimate price to get right. these Death Star plans to us. I think to me, obviously only because of the intense love for those first mm. ones did Rogue One have this like such a nostalgia, yeah. unbelievable, just like the way it grabbed. And you see the craft, the, the different crafts they have in there, the mm. costumes, the, all the references. It just, it lights up that childlike, just wondering mm. you Absolutely. all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all the, over again. I, there, there's no question. It's the greatest of all the new movies. And then when I say new <laughs> movies, it's, you take the original trilogy out, mm-hmm. it's better than, in my opinion, it's better than anything else out there because yep. of everything Eric said. So it's, uh, once again, it's an homage to the original. They even bring back guys that you see in the cantina scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got, oh, yeah. they've got so many great tie-ins and it's probably the greatest handoff. I mean, if the baton gets handed between Rogue One and a new hope. It's just seamless. Oh, yeah. And uh, CGI even was amazing at this point. Just the fact that you have the now now an iconic scene of Vader. He's in the hallway. Mm. The lightsaber comes on. It's all of it. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that yeah, I mean, Gareth Edwards he directed that movie. Uh, it was it was just perfect. I mean, mm. it was as perfect as it could be. I remember watching it in the theater and thought. I mean, I'm emotional at the oh, end yeah. because yep. all he's doing is pull on the heartstrings of every little every every forty something guy who's now gone back to his he's reverted to his six year old day yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That's where I was because he captured that magic perfectly at the end, mm-hmm. and I thought when and again, they all die, which by the way was awesome, yeah, because you knew it was going to happen. And this time, stormtroopers don't miss, yeah, and yeah. and then he had really great characters in it. He had great actors playing those characters, so it was just a perfect i would call it a perfect movie uh in the star wars it it so dominated every other movie i saw in the star wars franchise that i thought wow i mean just put it up there no one touch it again because that could have just just put it in with the original three that's how good i thought Mm. that was so so i i did love all the new ones in the count just because i was i think again that that idea of the excitement when they were coming out like i said all of them Set records a lot in the of box hype. office. A lot of hype. So I remember episode seven's coming out. All of our team gets together because that was when you still had to go to like the midnight movie basically to see it. You know when you want to see yep. it the day before. We get tickets to go to it. I bring my two oldest boys, um, Harper, who was nine, I think at the time. We were going to the ten thirty showing. He falls asleep in line, um, and is now going to. We're getting to the theater. He's so he's asleep. So I carry him in. I'm not going home. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's asleep. He wakes up during the montage when Ray touches Luke's lightsaber for the first time. That's a pretty, probably mm-hmm. the most intense part of the movie, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so he wakes up, and the only thing he can see as a nine-year-old is the wall, which, you know, because now the theater wall is as large as his universe. Yeah. And the intensity that freaks out. I have to carry him out of the theater, and I left Ryler in there, who I guess he was like 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. I leave him in there, and I go outside, and he won't go back in. Oh no. And so all of episode seven, I've been waiting for 30 years to see this movie. And I'm just a better dad than I am. Oh Lord. Suck it up, kid. (laughs) So not only that, so then the movie ends, Ryler comes walking out and goes, Han Solo dies. And I was like, (laughs) 
you're dead to me, man. Yeah. I was like, and if like, if those nerds in the waiting in that line behind me had heard you say that, yeah. there's nothing I could have done to stop them from ripping you apart. That's, oh, that's exactly correct. It was, it was that's, terrible. You'd have been but, doing a funeral. Oh my gosh. It was a, it was a moment that none of, neither of them will ever live down. Mm. Uh, so the next category that we have is called that sounds familiar. And it's basically talking about, uh, the themes or the narrative arcs, the mm. characters that we see in star Wars that sound a little familiar to maybe what we see in the Bible. So what would you guys say there? What, what are things you notice? Say that again. What themes of the, I'm not too sure I caught. Yeah, sorry. So it's, it's, is. you know, it's kind of that whole like uh, good artist copy, great artist steal thing. And you know, the Bible greatest story ever told. Right. Um, it's a true story. If you're so going to steal, if you're going to steal, you steal from the best, the right? Source. So we see all these themes that get mimicked you know, throughout literature, but yeah. in movies and stuff for sure. And, uh, and sometimes it's like, oh man, that, that reminds me of this. It echoes this, that we know to be true or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, they all have, not they all, but they're multiple movies in the Star Wars franchise. I don't know if it's all of them, but, but many of them, if not most of them have, they're all rebirth stories. They're conversion Mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. Luke's converted from a farm boy into being this hero and that if you know the the really the, the Star Wars universe which frankly I think they they kind of screw up in the movie like the last Jedi but mm. he's he's almost a messianic character cuz he's so powerful but I mean he he wasn't that when he started mm-hmm. again you you have the baseline which is Anakin Skywalker but we all we only know him in the we we jump in halfway through the story where he's Darth Vader but mm-hmm. what we don't realize is that he was this good guy, turns bad, and becomes good again. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's some, all of these uh, different scenes have, Han Solo, he's really a, a, just kind of a, uh, I don't know how you would characterize him in the, he's got, I don't know what they call him, a scallion? They call him some kind scoundrel. of- Scoundrel. Scoundrel, yeah. He's, he's this scoundrel. Hired guy. And then becomes, yeah. uh, you know, a general mm-hmm. or a commander. And so they all have these kind of rebirth arcs to them. Um, I mean, on solo, they're all heroic yeah. in the end. And there's something, you know, we see that in the Bible uh, with conversion. You know, yeah. God can take anybody and, and you know, Paul's going out. Mm-hmm. The apostle Paul, at the time, he's more known as Saul. He's murdering Christians. He's putting them into prison. They fear him. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, God changes his world. And he not only becomes a part of the team, so to speak, he's the leader. Mm-hmm. He even dies for the cause. And so there's there's a lot of that outside of the just stuff I even mentioned earlier. Just good yeah. you know, like you, you have good and evil. Right. I mean those those lines are clearly drawn, but mm-hmm. there's always guys in the middle, right? So yeah. basically like Kylo Ren plays the Vader part again. He's mm-hmm. now good, turns bad, turns good again. Mm-hmm. And those you know there's some regurgitative part of that with the Star Wars franchise which can seem old, but you remember, you have to remember, like the last three movies, they really made like J.J. Abrams. They wanted to re-kick off Star Wars for a new mm-hmm. generation. Frankly, like uh, the Force Awakens and all these, it's just all a reboot. I mean, it's yeah. not the it's not the Death Star. It's just a bigger version of the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> and how does it how does it explode? Essentially the same way, right. basically so, the same way. But they they basically told us that's what they were going to do. And so those those narrative arcs tend to be somewhat cyclical, mm-hmm. but. We love it because we love to have hope that people can yeah. change. And that truly is a gospel hope for us mm-hmm. is that we know people change. Yeah. Um, so that's, that, that'd be one. Yeah. I think Vader, uh, 
making his, I guess, double turn at the end of Return of the Jedi, saving Luke. Uh, I think that was the first moment I teared up in a movie mm. really? my whole life. Yeah, really. Just because it was, I just felt it, you know. In in yeah. the moment, it's like this is amazing, and and it was that whole realization of like people can change, you know. Like, and, and I just, I don't know. I remember it really hitting me. So, yeah. So it's something I thought about earlier as I was thinking about this. Um, when we were at kids camp recently, one of the questions. First of all, these kids asked him like. We get the questions on stage. I'm like, I would have liked a little prep for this, yeah. <laughs> by the way. But they asked some like really deep questions. One of the ones that they asked was, how can we know that the Bible's true? Um, and one of the things that we talk about, frequently talk about the Bible, is it was recorded, it was written over 1,500 years with all these different authors through different generations, but there's, but it's still, it's, it's congruent. You know, there's no, it doesn't, you know, juxtapose itself. Or, you know, it's, it's, it, it all's in agreement. And I was like, Star Wars was written. <laughs> These movies are written over, you know, a few decades. Right. And we don't have continuity right. <laughs> amongst that. <laughs> With current technology, you can know, talk to the people who wrote the other ones originally and have gotten on the same page. a great page. point, really. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. It like, really is. They have all the assets at their fingertips and can't get a congruent story Probably together. Like 40 to 60 different authors to it, and they still, it's still one story. Yeah. Seamless. Yes. A seamless story, but yet, uh, you know, so there you go. There's your, there's your obvious power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, how the Holy Spirit is actually the one author weaving through (laughs) millennia. And yet we can't get through, you know, just a lifetime, part of our lifetime with people being able to tell the same, tell one story in a a cohesive way. I did tell you, I I will say this going back to kind of the, are there biblical themes or notes, if you will, that the song of Star Wars can hit? Mm. I would say I think it was a little heavy-handed in the newer mm. – when I say newer, I'm talking like episodes one, two, and three when everyone was so excited, including myself, when The Phantom Menace came out. And then you start to find out like <laughs> Anakin was born of a virgin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's, the, he's he's born of a virgin. He's the chosen one, mm. which by the way, I mean, you know, Jesus, born of a virgin, known as the cho- chosen one, which is what an anointed one, the Messiah actually means. And so – Lucas and them are definitely playing on the messianic right. overtones, or I should say, maybe undertones in the in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I I thought, oh, don't be, you know, let's not let's not overdo it, guys. Right. We get it, we get it. But they they played it out like that, and so mm-hmm. and yet he's not a very good Jesus because he he succumbs to temptation mm-hmm. and uh, becomes this, you know, he he becomes the opposite of what Jesus is. And yet yeah. at the very end. He has a redeeming moment right. and uh, destroys the emperor. But again, one of the things I, I personally didn't like about the rise of Skywalker, the last movie, is that the emperor somehow wasn't really destroyed. Yeah, mm-hmm. threw him down a shaft. It kind of explodes, and somehow yeah. he's he can get pieced together because they found mm-hmm. him as a slug on the bottom of that thing, and just like, uh, come on, man, let's yeah. just that was some creepy stuff. So how do, how do we know that? How do we know that he's dead again? Because right. we don't really know. Because hey. you know, it's just I just I'm, thought that. I mean. Personally, everyone got excited about it because when you hear the, the voice and the laugh and, yeah, you know, yeah. again, yeah, it's the original guy, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of awesome. But then mm-hmm. you kind of, I think, like, of the narrative itself, it's like it's like bringing Boba Fett back. Yeah. Boba Fett dies in the Sarlacc pit. There's no question he dies. But because the outcry was so large, yeah. they, they, they rewrote the story mm. so that he could come out of there somehow. And here's another guy. It's about a rebirth story. No one likes Boba. We think he's cool because he's dressed awesome, right? Yeah. But no one likes him because he's after Han Solo. Mm. But, but they have to make him good for the Mandalorian. 
And so yeah. in The Mandalorian, what do we find out? They actually bring the real actor back, and we we just love this guy, right? Because yeah. we, it's kind of the same reason like uh, everyone loves Darth Maul because he just looks amazing. What yeah. a great character! And and then they these guys did it again. He's literally cut in half, and he yeah. goes he drops just as much as the Emperor does, yeah. and somehow he lives. And he's well, got sweet like robotic. Yeah. Legs now? now he's got robotic legs. Yeah. He's kind of like Spider Guy, and mm-hmm. then he gets like normal legs, and it's, it's just crazy. like we yeah. just can't. It, it's almost it's almost like uh, crowdsourcing yeah. your yeah. your your work. Like, oh, these guys love this dude so much, we have to bring him back. Mm-hmm. No, you shouldn't have killed him off in the first place. Is right. what you shouldn't have done. <laughs> right. But now you got to bring. So that, yeah. I'll stop my rant. I think this new generation of Star Wars is really just the play the hits generation. You know, we're just gonna do what works. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But oh, that's an interesting. Which, by the way, yeah. doesn't work in the original. Obi Wan yeah. dies. He dies. Yeah. But does he really die? Have you noticed that when Obi-Wan dies, he just evaporates? You know mm-hmm. why? Because he learned the secret of yeah. how to live forever. And so, okay, I'll stop. I knew that I shouldn't <laughs> have been interviewed for this because I could do this all <laughs> no, day you're long. Good. Yeah. We said the same thing in some of the other ones. Like, this could be such a long podcast. I, I told you guys it not could to be interview a multi-part me about this because this is like, I, I'm, I, my Star Wars game is, uh, I don't know if it's strong. Yeah. I just feel it strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a couple other ones Check that are your just count. yeah, a couple other ones that are just cool True. to talk about in this in this thing. Or we just hit them real quick. Is um, you get this small group of people, the rebels. Yeah, they see this evil in the world. They're fighting back against it, and I mean it's very reminiscent of just like early church. Uh, that kind of stuff I think is yeah. really cool. That's a good catch. Um, I think the you know Luke. Uh, there's the icon- iconic scene where he's standing looking over the. The, the farm that he lives on, you know, staring off into the distance, just, you know, hoping it's true that there's something more out there for yeah, him. Absolutely. And I think everybody feels that, you know yeah. what I mean? It's a great scene, um, but it's a great scene because you feel it deep down inside. They're like, I want that to be true too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be called up into something higher. And I think, you know, through the Bible, we get to be called up into something higher. So anyway, stuff like that, I think is really cool. I think that's great. Um, Those are great catches. You touched on it just a little. Did you have something? Well, I was going to say, and I I wonder, there's just no way, there's no way of quantifying this, but is there a, is there maybe a difference in like, say our generation who were, who this was one of our baseline story arcs before the Bible entered the picture in us? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, this was these story arcs were a baseline for us. I wonder if that even changed how we then perceived and understood the gospel mm, yeah. initially coming into our lives. Did did it maybe even soften our hearts to the idea of hope in a way that yeah. a different generation maybe didn't? Mm. I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, that's a good that's thought. A good good thought. I will say this. You know, when people grow up here, they can they play all kinds of stuff when they want to, you know, when when children want to make believe and play around, they they take on all these characters. You didn't take on any character except the Star Wars characters when you were my mm-hmm. age. Like everyone was, you know, Eric was going to be Han, I was going to always be Luke, someone was always going to be Princess Leia, and it was like that's just it's almost like Lucas hollowed out roles for people to play mm-hmm. and just jump in. And again, this was this was the first movie and and maybe a good criticism of it but when you're when you're a kid it's awesome where they they commodify everything they commercialize everything mm-hmm. so this is the this is where the the real use of action figures for a movie with Kenner and and I had every one of those action figures mm-hmm. I was telling John the other day I have all of the original Star Wars cards I still have them right now at my house here in League City all mm-hmm. of them I have I, I just had all of that stuff and 
while they were making a sweet dollar off of it, it had just allowed you to live in that world because now you're creating your own stories in your head yep. with these characters yeah. and you're dressing up for this for Halloween. And so uh, you didn't have the, like today, you can dress up as Harry Potter, you can dress up as a Marvel character mm-hmm. from the Avengers and guess who you still can dress up as? The whole Star Wars universe. How kind of, what kind of staying power does that tell you? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. We're talking, still around. we're talking 40 years mm-hmm. plus. That's that's an amazing thing. And it's probably because of things like what you and Eric have been talking about. These these themes are so, you know, the theme of hope, of being something more, of of redemption, even surprise, and then to put magic all over it. Mm-hmm. It's just for a child, and I would argue for adults, it's a hard com it's one of the reasons I read literature is to uh is to get in those kinds of worlds. Not because I hate my own, it helps me understand my own all the better and appreciate my own all the better. So mm-hmm. And, and now I think there's so many, so many heroes are actually anti-heroes, even, even in children's world, they, they, there's some, like, we have to now put some kind of darkness or humanism or edge on them. Or cynicism. It, yeah. Cynicism. Yeah, is Deadpool's the, like, the most cynical guy out there. Oh, and people yeah. like to laugh at him and laugh with him, but there's, there's not as much redemption. No, no one wants to, you only want to be him because he's the cool, smart right. out guy, mm-hmm. but there's, there's not nobility and that's yeah. what we lose. There's no nobility and there's yeah. something noble about that. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it is interesting, and you touched on it a second ago, but like in Star Wars, you have these like, these poles, you know, of like, the Emperor is like the evilest evil, and then you have Yoda, who's kind of represents like the goodest good, and then you have all these characters who kind of fall on the scale in between them, and I think close to the middle is probably Han, who you don't, he's kind of that X-Factor character that's like, is he good, is he bad? And it takes you a little bit to realize, like, oh, deep down, he does want to do the right thing. He's just had a, you know, his life has looked a little different than some of the other guys. And so I think Han's a great example of a character who doesn't have to be squeaky clean to be a hero, but he does end up doing heroic things and kind of leans good. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool representation of, you know, just people in the world because it's, it's not always just so cut and dry between good and evil. There's people fall on that scale in different places. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, in current, current, uh, movie making and storytelling, they do want to play on this whole anti-hero thing. And I, and I don't always know if it's helpful. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. I, I'm not saying that you should never have a story with an anti-hero. Right. It just, I'm, I'm probably, well, I'm not probably, I have a great aversion to cynicism mm-hmm. because it's real easy to be cynical, especially the older you get. And cynicism to me is a denial of grace because you don't really think things can really change, and they can. And cynicism's just never been a good thing. I mean, in, in, in heavy doses for sure. Yeah. And we live in such a cynical world that cynicism sells even in our even in our superheroes. And that's mm-hmm. why there's that's why I think people even gravitated more to the Avengers series because you had a recapturing of kind of the nobility of yeah. doing something good. Now, you know, they're still playing to the snark a little bit, You're right? Right? Because right. really, the Han Solo character. Not to, I know that we're probably going to do that. Y'all are, are y'all doing Avengers? Yeah, Avengers. Okay, so uh, uh, to me, to me, Tony Stark's the Han Solo character because mm-hmm. he's kind of good, yeah. kind of bad, da, 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 and you kind of like him. And it, but again, to to take that arc the whole mm-hmm. way, there, there's redemption at the end. He does yeah. the sacrifice. So yeah. those are the kind of movies I think that I don't think that they they're not less realistic because right. they have nobility in them. I would argue right. they're more realistic right. because mm-hmm. they they're truer to the story. Yeah. Uh, although I I, I want to go on record. I think it's. I think you should have anti-hero stories every now and then. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just the heavy doses, they don't trans 
fix a generation upon them. Right, right. right. I will say uh, we touched a little bit on the uh, the post schools. Is that what we're calling them? The oh, <laughs> seven, oh, eight, yeah. nine. We yeah. touched a little bit on that, but uh, so the one thing that I loved about them that they did with Han was uh, in in uh, Force Awakens when he comes back and they're talking about uh, the Jedi and the Force and all this stuff. And he says, it's all true. Yeah, he's converted. I, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. Like, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. a goosebumps Post Damascus Road. Yeah. He's converted. Yeah, he's, yes. he's converted. He called it a hokey ancient religion. <laughs> yeah. In the original. Yeah. And as did others, he's yeah. converted. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, so one more category here. By the way, before, as you're going to that category, yeah. you said the iconic scene. I said the iconic scene. How great of a movie series of the original three, and especially the first one, when you have so many iconic scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, just take the, just take the first three. Yeah. I mean, the snow walkers, the cutting off of the hand out there on Bespin, uh, mm-hmm. the the seeing of the two sons, uh, even... J- j- it's that's how awesome it is, man. Mm. I'm getting fired up. Yeah. I don't. We could do again. Like we talk about this for hours. But when a movie has that many, it's almost like every scene becomes iconic because it's so great. Right. That's when you know you're dealing with something that. Oh yeah. You know, put it up in the American Film Institute. It's got to yeah. be. You know, put it behind sealed glass. That's how great of a of a of a movie trilogy yeah. that was. But I don't feel the same way about the post quills. I, right, I feel like right, right. we could have gotten rid of most all of those guys. But <laughs> yeah. nevertheless. Yeah, I was gonna say at this point, I feel like every scene in Star Wars is iconic. You turn on any. <laughs> any of those movies you just flip on, you know, it's on TV or something like that. And you're just like, Oh yeah, love this, you know? So Golly. they're all good. You know what the post schools feel like? And I still have all my action figures. Yeah. They feel like me as an adult getting on my action figures and trying to play with them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Thanks. Oh, this is cool. It's great. Mm. Ah. <laughs> it's great. And there, I mean, uh, let me just say this. Yeah. I think they have some, there's some good scenes in it. There's, yeah. But, but J.J. Abrams, who mm-hmm. did two of the three, just recently said, I don't know if it's to Variety Magazine or whatever, and maybe I'm showing my geekdom or my nerddom, but he, he said that Disney, they didn't even sit down and talk about these three movies. They didn't sit down and do this master narrative arc. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of what Marvel did. I mean, mm-hmm. Marvel didn't do it with three. They did it with like 12 movies, yeah. right? They didn't do that with the greatest sci-fi series of all time. They, right. Disney didn't do that. So mm-hmm. Kathleen Nielsen, whatever her name is, the lady that runs that, they didn't even do that. And J.J. Abrams like, every movie was trying to fix the other one. Right. So right. when he comes to the last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, he's like, there's so many plot holes. There's so many MacGuffins. There's so many, you know, all these terms that are mm-hmm. like, that break the story. I have to come fix it. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you for at least saying what, like I would say, original yeah. fans obviously mm-hmm. saw. And... Um, you know, all and I've even heard talk that they want to redo Luke and his narrative arc because they screwed it up so bad oh, man. Uh, in the new ones. But that's just me showing my cards how <laughs> I feel about it. Because ask Mark Hamill, he feels the same way. But yeah. See, shouldn't ask Yancey on this. I go deep dive real quick. <laughs> uh, all right, one that's more, awesome. one more official category, and then I got a little something special for you guys at the end. But um, the last category is it's called the to go box. So if you're taking one thing away, you've just eaten this glorious meal that is Star Wars. Yep. You're going to take one thing away that you want to hang on to. What's the theme, the lesson, that one piece of magic that you just want to carry with you? Go ahead, Eric. Um, it really is hope. It's like to me it's like that is the kind of the whole thing because everyone I know, you know, is going to they're going to find themselves in one of these characters and mm-hmm. in some form or fashion, I think that we're all, we all have our, all our own wirings and our own um, tendencies. And so we're going to, we're going to see our own arc in the arc of the story somewhere. And I think that 
there's hope woven throughout every character. You know, even some of the ones that never cross into like, you know, the good side or whatever, but you still kind of see a progression. And so I think you can see, um, you can find yourself in there. And so I think that, um, you, you, you do, you do kind of end in this, in this spot of ultimately being hopeful. So that's, yeah. that's my number one. That's hard to beat that one. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's, that to me is right down the middle of the fairway of the answer that you ought to give. I mean, it's the, it's the very word that Princess Leia says at the end of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. What is this? This is hope. Yeah. It's why the first movie starts off being called officially a new hope. Um, outside of just good overcomes evil in the end, then it's, 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 it's hope. It's mm-hmm. hope. It's it's both of those. So those are the, those are the, those are my that's the to go box for me. Yeah, for sure. I I agree with that. Um, all right. So you guys want to do a little? Uh, we got a little lightning round. This is actually a a Sith lightning round, oh my if word. you will. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, me so, neither. Uh, <laughs> so I got some questions for you. I just you know just quick answers, whatever you think, off the cuff. Okay. Um, and you guys can. Uh, there's one specific to each of you. But okay. other than that, you guys, just as you get them, just you can jump in. Okay. So first one, here we go, Sith Lightning Round. You're stuck in quarantine with either Jar Jar Binks or C-3PO. Who do you want? Oh, C-3PO. Same. <laughs> I mean, that's not even a question. They should have killed Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, he has an off switch. That's correct. Oh, that's a good point. So that's, off that's, switch. That's, come on. And he speaks Dude, a lot of languages. Who? I'll say this. When when J.J. Abrams did... Uh, what was the Force Awakens? I wish the opening scene was Jar Jar Binks getting killed. <laughs> yeah. Then that would have been like, I would have been like, I'm in. Double my money. I don't <laughs> oh, care what dude. else happens in here. If he like, Gosh, he gets something, ha- he gets eaten by some something on like Hoth or he freezes to death because he's a water guy. Mm-hmm. Something like that would have been oh, awesome. Yes. I mean, I'd have been like, yeah, a tauntaun tears him in half. Oh, Sorry, man. kids. Um, yeah, Yancey goes hard yeah. in his, uh, in I, his, his movie I love. got very strong convictions yeah. about oh, this. Jar Jar was the worst. He was the worst character. <laughs> I actually far. think Lucas said he shouldn't have done that guy. I think he says oh, somewhere yeah. there's like there's a there's a YouTube scene in there where they're talking about it and no one no one likes that his suggestion. And I think somewhere down the roads it's like you know hello darkness mile. They do this little <laughs> like, pan on on Lucas where he's he looks like he's thinking no this probably is a bad idea. But I've already <laughs> yeah, I'm too, much. too far in now. I think he was one of those characters that they thought was gonna be really fun for like kids. And then, like the kids were afraid of him, and the adults didn't like him, and it yeah. was like this. Just and the, the Jamaicans so were that, all offended. That's probably, I mean, it was just like I will say this: that is probably one of the. If you talk about weaknesses of Star Wars, that's their weakness. Is they? It's it's the same thing. What are those little things that were all around Chewbacca that that that, that he eats half of them? Oh yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I don't. Yeah, remember. it was the same. They, they basically yeah. look like Furbies, right? And uh, that was again. That's so people would just buy those things, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, sometimes I, that's that's when they go a little yeah. too far. Yeah. It's a slow-moving lightning storm, but we're going to keep going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> Hope, uh, sorry. Uh, that was back to the question before. <laughs> right. I'm with C-3PO. Just, yes. We can okay. hang out with that guy. So the next one is, all right, so so you get to pick one character from the Star Wars universe to have a, a Paul-esque turn in his life. He gets converted, and he's playing the church. Who are you picking? Oh, yeah. Who's your guy lightning. or lady or droid? Wow, that seems like... Like someone who didn't get converted, or it doesn't it just gonna be any. Yeah, character. this you know you're just sending. You're like, I want this guy to plant my church for me. I'm oh, calling wow. Chad Clarkson HCPN. We're like, we got a guy. It's such a random question. It's, I don't even it's know a how lightning to round. Really you know? I'm just gonna go with the easy. My favorite character, Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah. Just because uh, in my narrative arc, he's he he doesn't somehow have uh, bipolar problems. 
where he doesn't know who he is by the new movies. Like he actually knows who he is because he's the most powerful Jedi in the universe. So like that. that's the guy I want planning my church. Yeah. I'm going to go with Bosk. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know what? I like that. Fact, maybe that's a, that's a people group I'm not going to be going to. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Hey, we should have just true. done like <laughs> like tertiary characters that most people don't know their names, but we know their names. Yeah. IG88. 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 Yeah. If there was ever a church split, he would just kill everybody if he yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And then yeah. you yeah. have the thermal detonator. Yeah. Job of the Hut knows a lot of people. I mean, he's well connected. Yeah, but you know Ooh, what? That's but, a great... but he's horrible at the <laughs> church buffet. He eats everything. That's yeah. All and right. The, uh, oh, never mind. I'm gonna next one. Pick that. one. You get to pick one forever. Oh. The Last Jedi or Attack of the Clones. Oh, my gosh. What, I have to watch it forever? <laughs> no, you're saying like I can only pick one of those? You only, yeah. Yep. You can oh, only my pick one. gosh. The you two worst one. movies, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm, here, here's what I would say. I'll go with Attack of the Clones. Here's why. Okay. Lucas made it. At least give him that for me. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who makes... The Last Jedi, I appreciate he's trying to be cutting edge, but when you have Mary Poppins, Leia, in space, floating around after she got blown out into the darkness, I just, I almost told my, I remember telling my kids and just turning to them saying, I'm so sorry you had to see this. <laughs> and there, there was there was multiple times in that show I kept oh turning to them. I'm like, I'm so sorry, kids. I hope Yo. Dad didn't ruin this for you oh. because Ryan Johnson did. So I'm going with Attack of the Clones. But you know, I, go ahead, Eric. What I'm too. Got? I'm Attack of the Clones. Well, because yeah. the, the the scene, um, there was a pretty. There's at least that sweet Jedi scene. Oh yeah. There in was like just the some stadium like, thing. Yeah, yeah, that was that just was really cool. cool. Um, yeah, there were some sweet moments in that movie that I did really enjoy. It was a very slow, mm. not a slow movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was slow. Yeah, it was. But I've, I, I have rewatched that one. <clears throat> I've never rewatched <laughs> The Last Jedi. <laughs> but Ever. see, there's a part of that, like when those came out, again, it comes back to bite Lucas. Lucas wants to fix all the CGI in the originals. Don't touch it, bud. We get it. Yeah. It was magic. Mm. Then they over CGI everything, oh, and it's yeah. it's at the stage where it's like we get it, but this is just I'm watching a video game at this point, which yeah. is what mm-hmm. a lot of, frankly, a lot of new movies do that yeah. I just can't stand because it's, it's because man. of HD, and mm-hmm. we can see how it's not real. Yeah. I mean, let's get back to some models. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to smaller explosions, right? So we get mm-hmm. it, but that's how we're not doing a podcast on Lord of the Rings. But that's one of the things I loved about the the three Lord of the Rings Absolutely. movies, not the Hobbit, but the three Lord of the Rings movies. Whereas, like, they just did everything; it wasn't all CGI, you know. For the um, record, I've I've read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have. I've read it. My wife's reading it right now. Peter Jackson's original Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. is as close as you can. Oh, it's, yeah. it's masterful yeah. because of all the things you talk about. And yeah. they try to stay true to the – it's it's so yeah. good. Hobbit, that's a whole other podcast, yeah. not yeah, so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Peter Jackson, you got – and they gave it to him. And, and in his last movie, they finally gave him the best picture yeah. because all three of those were majestic. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a whole other podcast. Um, well, here's la- one hot take. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like, guys think I like on hot this. takes. Hot take. At what point? Because, you know, the old adage, the book is always better than the movie. Yeah. At what point, though, is our technology going to just, like, I could have read the book, but you know what? That's better than something my brain could have cooked up <laughs> when I'm yeah, watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, is, are we going to cross a line at some point that the, the larger amount of the population... And this may also come with people that have grown completely up on mm-hmm. technology and not on written mm-hmm. books. Yeah. You know, I think I think we're gonna at some point we're gonna cross a threshold where it's like, you know what, the movie was better than the book. Yeah, 
I hot take. I think uh, we we talked about this a little bit in the Harry Potter podcast, mm, okay. but just that we were we're all firmly team books in in that regard of Harry mm-hmm. Potter. But I think I think I'm just always going to feel that way. I mean, yeah. you guys know I'm partial to you know the, the craft of, of novels and all that stuff. So, um, but I just think I love movies that were made to be movies. Yeah, and I and the book to movie adaptations always just kind of feel like, hey, we're just going to do this. We're going to expose more people to the story. We're going to get mm-hmm. a bigger audience. But a lot of it is just comes down to money. And so sure. I think the author usually is a way, has a way of describing things or uh, making you feel things that they want you to feel a lot better than a movie does. Most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm unconvinced. There's never going to be a time where if a book was great, that the movie's going to be better the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Because what movies cannot do... They can ha- give you nice explosions and laser shows and smoke mm-hmm. stuff. They can't ever get into the eternal dialogue of a character. I mean, there's just some things that are, they just can't do that. Right. And so that's why there's some books that are unfilmable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would ar- always argue like, there's all, there, there, are, I, there, there are a couple of movies I've seen, I don't even need to go into it, that I would say better than the book. Yeah. And I've read it. But we're talking 1%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with to John's point, movies that are made as movies, that somehow like Star Wars will make a movie and then they'll they'll just basically get the screenwriter and yeah. say make a book out of it. It's horrible, yeah. right? So just they ought to. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't try to translate them and because there's been some wonderful movies adapted from books, but mm-hmm. the word is adapted from. Adapted, and so yeah. what 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 makes people really angry is when they read a book and they go watch a movie and they're like this is nothing like. Yeah. The book, yeah. and they've ruined the heart of it. You know why? Because they can't film it the way the book portrays it. So, right. but I'm with John. I'm yeah. kind of team book too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm not anti movie. I'm just I'm more pro book. All right, okay. moving along in this. Are we, I guess we're still going to call it a lightning round. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, man. I, I told you, you shouldn't have reminded me on this one. <laughs> uh, this one's specifically for Eric. Oh, uh, Eric's a worship leader, so you get to pick one character that you're recruiting into your band. Who do you want? Who do you trust to play an instrument or sing? <laughs> Can I get the band from the cantina? That's exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. Oh, yeah, you just got to take them. I mean, yes. Yeah. Everyone's coming to your church. Yeah, you're featuring a clarinet or whatever that thing is. Oh, oboe. that keyboard thing yeah. was like whatever that oh, yeah. Jim Henson came Those guys with. are great. Love that. That's exactly, that was the perfect, that's the right answer. I listened to the, that song on my way over here this morning getting ready for that. There now they did have a side band at Jabba's place, so yeah. maybe they were doing two gigs because I remember yeah. they had the dancing Twi'lek girl, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's the perfect answer. Yeah. Notice how I have no, there's no like middle ground with me on this stuff. Oh it's yeah, like, like, that's this the is the right answer. Yeah. This is the wrong, wrong. answer. Yeah. I have an army <laughs> behind right me. So Yancy, yours same question, except you're you you preach for a living. You sure. Know? So you got to help somebody prepare. It doesn't have to be a sermon. We don't have to go that far. But a, a public ske- speaking engagement. Who are you working with that you feel like I'm? I'm going to help this guy get ready. Uh, it's 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 Kylo Ren. Ooh. Here's why. Here's why. He's a, he he's definitely expressive. He's in deep touch with his emotions. I just have to corral them. <laughs> oh yeah, and just go listen. Just you be you, but don't kill people when they don't like what you preach. But out, if we can get past the you wanting to slaughter everybody, I really feel like you're a compelling listen. So yeah. that'd be the guy I want to. By the way. 
Uh, well, all of a sudden, I can't think of the guy who plays that. Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah. Best actor oh, in the whole new series, by the way. He's, he's, he's actually the only guy he's that good. you want to – for me, I'm watching him like, this is the only guy that actually believes he's that character on here. Yeah. Everyone else is just kind of yeah. – for me, just didn't do it. He was so – he yeah. was the best part about that deal. Yeah. I didn't like his, his, his arc, so to speak, because right. some of it was – Formulaic, hey, but, but you, you work with what you got. He did a great job. Golly, he's so yeah. good in it. So yeah. do you do you have him wear the mask for the for the speaking, just for the voice, or do you not? No, voice is just for prayer time. Okay, because yeah. everyone's oh, thinking yeah. I like that. So, voice is just for prayer time, yeah. and then everyone you gets no one. Yes. No one's on their phone at that time. No <laughs> one's on their phone. No one's getting up early, no. heading for the door. No, none of our worship team, none of our music people up. are walking out on him. They're like they're not walking, oh, setting yeah. up their stuff for that. They're listening. <laughs> Cause he, that. that's where he might go off and I, you know, yeah, he just yeah. throw you right back off stage. Yeah, I love that. All right. So last one of this wonderful lightning round that is so fast. Um, all right. So we got Ironic this guy, you are, we got this know. guy who fills out, we got this guy who fills out a volunteer serving card and he doesn't specify where he wants to serve. You have to put him somewhere and it's Chewbacca. What volunteer team are you sticking him on at your campus? I feel like this is obvious too. You Go ahead. I want you to do this. Security. Oh, I like he's security. on safety team. You think anyone's going to go steal a kid yeah. past Chewbacca? No. Yeah, I think that's a great I answer. I think that's. I or, wondered or if base. maybe you were going to go set up and tear down. I know you guys don't have to do that for too much longer. Player, but. Yeah. But oh, well, I thought background. <laughs> I had I had background vocalist. <laughs> oh wow! But but. Frankly, Creek Kids Security is probably like you hand your kid off to Chewbacca, you're definitely going to get your kid back. Yeah. Oh yeah. No one's going to jump in and take that kid from him. He 1, might ter- he would tear their arms off. <laughs> like you know, if someone tried that, that's the kind of guy you want protecting our kids. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I know we just scratched the surface on everything we could have talked about with Star Wars, but thank you guys so much for being here. So fun. I hope it was entertaining for you listening and uh, you were able to track with all of our Star Wars things that we got into. By the way, um, let me just say this. I told the powers that be I did not want to do this one because I I just apologize ahead of time or maybe afterwards I should say for as much as I've talked about this but don't get me started on Star Wars I'm so sorry for all the uh, long-winded answers I've given because I I cannot stop it's almost like an addiction I can't stop this one so yeah, if you uh, want to. Thanks for corralling us. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Of course. And if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the Creek Creek Resources podcast wherever you listen so you can hear more if we do, you know, eight more parts of Star Wars. I'm in. Uh, you won't miss it. Uh, and be sure to check out clickcreekresources.org where you can get other content we put out like articles, videos, stories, and sermons. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.